with a dietitian, and she's addressing a, a conference in Chicago. And she says, the material we put into our stomachs is enough to kill us. And she went on to say, red meat is awful, soft drinks erode our stomach lining, Chinese foods loaded with MSGs, vegetables are disastrous, none of us know the germs that are in our drinking water. And then she stops and she says, but there is one food more dangerous than anything. Can any of you identify what is that food that causes the most grief and suffering for the rest of your lives? And a 75-year-old guy stands up. He goes, yeah, my wedding cake. <laughs> a little humor because we're going to need it because we're going to dive into a very, very heavy topic today. We're in the last week of the sermon series called Overcome, and we've looked at God giving us the power to overcome a lot of issues like adversity and fear and shame and greed and lust and apathy. If you've missed any of those messages, go to royred.org. Watch them, study them, let God speak to you through them. But today, we're going to look at overcoming sorrow, loss, and grief. This is a topic that all of us have had to deal with in our lifetime, and we're probably going to have to deal with more as well. Sometimes the messages we give maybe don't hit you, and you just kind of, well, that's for the guy next to me. I don't really uh, connect with that message. I think this one's different. What I'd like you to do is to put your hand up if, in fact, and leave it up so we can see that all of us are going to have our hands up in a minute, I want you to raise your hand if, in fact, you've grieved over the loss of a loved one. Most of us, okay, leave those hands up for a minute. Maybe the, the, the loss of a job. Maybe your marriage went south. Uh, maybe there's sorrow over your child's poor behavior. Sorrow over choices that you have made. Sorrow over the loss of control of, of things like finances and emotions, uh, loss of a pet, loss of a vision, loss of hearing. Yeah, see, it will affect every person. All right, thank you for doing that. From time to time, we're all going to have to deal with this topic. What I want you to know is that God will give you the power to overcome sorrow, loss, and grief. Now, that's a strong statement. But boy, is it a hope-filled statement as well. Before we dig into all that, I think we need some terminology. The first one is sorrow. Definition of sorrow is a feeling of deep distress, sadness, and regret, especially for the loss of someone or something loved. And so we have sorrow, right? We, it, trouble at home or school or work. Maybe we lose a friend because they move away or a debilitating illness. And sometimes that sorrow can be because of us things we've thought or said or done. Maybe we've went against God's laws, or maybe we've hurt somebody with our words. And it helps us feel sad, right? When that happens, we feel heartbroken, gloomy, hopeless, unhappy. And yet, strangely, sorrow does not have to be always a negative thing. Second Corinthians says godly sorrow brings repentance. It leads to salvation. It leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Now, that might seem a little confusing at first. But when you understand that your sins are against your loving Lord and Savior, godly sorrow is the only proper response for that, right? A broken spirit, a contrite heart. And that will draw us closer to our relationship with God who loves us in spite of us. Sorrow, loss, and grief is what we're going to be talking about, and it's going to bring us closer to God. 
And then the other side of that is that worldly sorrow that it talked about. And that's just when we feel bad because we got consequences. We did something and it hurt us rather than God or someone else. So that's sorrow. How about loss? Well, loss is a failure to keep, have, or to get something of value. And we hear this all the time. You know, someone lost their income or lost their revenue stream. They lost their health. They lost a friendship. They lost a job. When we lose those things. And all of us went through that in 2020. COVID came and we all lost things. We lost social interactions. Many of us lost going into an office. You lost to be able to be able to come in here and to worship as a family in this building for a while. And yet we've all watched coverage on TV of the devastating loss of home and life and jobs that are due to the fires in Hawaii. But this church here on Wayne Street in Lahaina, think about this for a minute. That area that church is in is called the blowtorch area. And there it stands. No, I'm not talking about buildings, but think about it. Standing in the midst of the sorrow and the loss of the grief is God's word, God's house. I love the way Paul puts it in Philippians 3. He says, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. See, sometimes sorrow, loss, and grief draw us ever so close to God. They get us into the proper perspective of God. And then the last word I want us to define here is grief. That's a state of intense sadness. And it's typically associated with the loss of a significant person or aspect in our lives, like the loss of a dear loved one, or the loss of a job, or loss of friends, loss of home, uh, broken relationships. Again, uh, many people feel great grief in the loss of their pet that they had. And and you ever wonder what the difference is between grief and mourning? Kind of interesting if you think about it. Grief is what we think and feel on the inside when we fail the loss. There's this fear and this loneliness and this panic and this pain and, and anxiety and emptiness. And, and it's all an internal meaning of experiencing this loss. On the other hand, mourning, well, mourning is the outward expression. What do other people see? when we are in the midst of all of that. And the kind of neat thing to talk about is that uh, God will be with us in the midst of all that. In John 16, 20, very truly I tell you, you will weep and you will mourn while the world rejoices. And then listen to this, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. So for the rest of this message, I want to clump together sorrow, loss, and grief all together as one topic for us to look at. They're all strong emotions. They all focus on painful losses, and every single one of them, God will be present with you and help you work your way through it as you go over this long-term stress and pain. But I want to get really personal with you. I'm going to be vulnerable and open myself and my family up to you for a minute. I want to talk a little bit about my dad my dad was an awesome man. I loved him so much. Uh, a great, great man. Married to my mom for 53 years. Great relationship. He worked three jobs to provide everything we needed. And then my mom stayed home, and she was a stay-home mom that raised my sister and me. Everything was great. And then life changed. My mom got cancer. And it seemed like everything in our household was different. Extreme sorrow, loss, grief. 
And then on January 27, 2000, my mom passed away. And so did the dad that I've known. He changed. He had a hard time dealing with the loss of his wife. Uh, prior to her cancer and, and death, my dad was the jokester of all jokesters. Everybody wanted to be hanging around with him. He was going to have a good time. He would take care of you and help you. And then sorrow and loss and grief overcame him. And we know that it's true that sorrow, loss, and grief can take us down some very dark paths. We turn to different types of bad actions and emotions when we're in those situations. Things like isolation and depression. My dad isolated himself from everyone, separated from the family, wanted to be alone, wouldn't respond to calls at all. And depression set in. No longer did he joke. I truly believe if he felt that if, if he ever laughed or smiled, he would dishonor the fact that my mom wasn't with him anymore. I truly believe that. And of course, that leads to bitterness and anger and shame. And, and he became very bitter in life. He just did not even want to be alive anymore. And he went to the cemetery, which is a good thing, three times every day for three years, regardless of weather. And he became angry with life. His words were no longer joyful words. They were words that actually hurt, as a matter of fact. And I believe he had a sense of shame, the shame that why did she die and not him? Why didn't God take me instead? And of course, that all leads to the questions we have where we either blame God or we believe there's no God or no hope. And my dad believed in God, but see, he was a Methodist, and he believed there was this method. He had to do certain things to be saved, and he wasn't sure if he'd be saved. And mom was a Catholic, and he figured, well, she's got the free pass to heaven, and he'll never see her again. And it was terrible for him. Now, I bring his story up because I wonder how many of you or your loved ones have felt that kind of pain, have been through that type of intense sorrow and loss and grief. Well, there's a verse in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a little confusing at first. It's in Matthew 5, and it says, Blessed are those who mourn. Well, that seems weird. We're blessed because we're mourning. But then it says well, we will be comforted. You see, it ties it together that, that God doesn't abandon us when we're mourning, when we're in sorrow and grief and pain. He's there with us. But listen to this. This is the message translation at the same verse. And boy, does it say it well. It says, you're blessed when you feel you lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Isn't that cool? It brings us to God because that's what we have to hang our hat on in the times of distress. See, God created this perfect world where there was no sorrow, no grief, no loss. It was perfection. So what happened to it? Sin, right? But the good news is that God sent his son. He wouldn't give up on us so he could live, so he could die, so he could rise again, pay the price. And yet, here we are, we still live in this world. We're not in heaven and we're not in the Garden of Eden. John 16, 33, here it is. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And here's the most obvious statement of all. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. See, Jesus overcame all the junk we have to deal with and gives us eternal life. And he promises to give you the strength to overcome your sorrow, loss, and grief. And he can do that because he knows how you feel. John eleven thirty five 35 simply says, Jesus wept. 
Think about that for a minute. Shortest verse in the Bible, and yet how powerful it is that he knows the pain. He knows exactly what you're feeling in those tough times. And the good news for us is that by giving up all of our sorrow to God, he will replace our bad feelings with joy and peace and hope. Can he really do that? How does he replace those yucky feelings that we have? How can he heal our grief? Well, I like Romans 15 for this section because it says, May the God of hope, there's the word, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, you may abound in hope. God is a God of hope. We have our hope, and it's founded in Jesus Christ. And how does he give you hope in the midst of grief? Well, he's close to the brokenhearted, and, and, and he saves those that are crushed in the spirit, and he heals the brokenhearted. He binds up our wounds. Jesus made a profound statement to his disciples in John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, also believe in me. So the question is, is this something new our generation has to deal with, sorrow, loss, and grief? Of course not. Think of Job. Job had everything, a good name, wealth, family, everything was great, and then tragedy strikes. He loses everything. He lost his children, his wealth, his family, his marriage, and yet God was with him, and God saw him through it. And then David, we know him out of the Bible, right? In so many hard times, he gets anointed to be king, and God says, you're my guy, and then he gets tormented by a jealous King Saul, chases him around, tries to kill him. David loses his freedom. He has sorrow over his situation. And then he constantly turned to God in his distress. I wonder if you've said words similar to Psalm 142. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell of my troubles. Maybe you have felt that way in the midst of tough times. And yet David never lost faith. He always ends those psalms by raising back up his praise for God. Or how about Moses? Look at Moses, man. He lost everything. Plagues come, Pharaoh comes, stubborn people come. He's out in the wilderness. Man, that must have been tough. And yet God saw the people through to the promised land because he was with them, leading them by day and by night. Let's lighten up for a second here. There's three guys, and they're talking about the stuff, and the one says, hey, what do you want them to say at your funeral? When they're walking past the casket, what would you like them to say? And the first guy says, well, I want him to say he was a great humanitarian, that he really cared for his community. Second guy goes, that's pretty cool. I would like him to say that I was a great husband, that I'm a great example for others to follow. Third guy thought, and he says, well, when they come back, my casket, I want them to come and say, look, he's alive. Oh, well, we needed to lighten up for a minute there. But, you know, it, it fits in this topic. Now, the Minerth Meyer book, Healthy Christian, talks about grief, and I, I believe it's the same for sorrow and loss, and it kind of are some stages, and maybe you're in the midst of some of those. The first is the denial stage. You know, this is a mistake. I'm going to wake up. It was just a bad dream. And then reality comes in, and we're usually angry at someone, something, maybe even God, and then we start to get angry at ourselves, and then suddenly there's guilt, and, and then we start bargaining. You know, Lord, if you just take this away, I'll come to church every week, and I'll help with this and that. And, and eventually that gets us to this acceptance stage where we say, hey, this really stinks, but I know God will use it for good. 
we know that we read that in Romans 8. Because we know that in all things God works for good. Even the stuff we don't understand for those who love him and who he's called according to his purpose. So remembering all that's not real, real important. But what's important for you to know is that God is with you. The reality is he will strengthen you and he'll draw you closer to him through these situations. Always like 1 Thessalonians 4, where it says, Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those in sleep and death, sorrow, loss, grief, all of them there, so that you don't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. So you grieve, but differently as a Christian. As I said earlier, that can happen because Jesus knows how you feel. He grieved as well. How do we know that? Well, in John eleven five. Interesting sentence, because Jesus loves us all, but it says Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and her brother Lazarus. Very personal relationship with them. And then things didn't go so well. Jesus saw her weeping. The Jews who came along her were weeping. He was deeply moved and troubled. Where have they laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then Jesus wept. Think about that. Tears running down his face. Grief, just like you and I have. 1993, Eric Clapton, a guitar player, great musician, uh, he was filled with grief at the death of his son. His four-year-old son fell out the window of their apartment on the 53rd floor. I only bring that up because of the words that he talked about in a song where he says, what will it be like when I see my son in heaven? And that's a whole other sermon on saving faith, but... He gets right to the point of Revelation 21 when he says there'll be no tears in heaven. Think of that image, no tears, God wiping the tears from our eyes. The same can be true here for you as well. He's there to help you work through. And the Bible's filled with verses of God's compassion and mercy for you. 1 Peter 5, cast all your anxieties on him. Why would I do that? Because he cares for you. All of your anxieties, and we know that sorrow, loss, and grief are filled with anxieties. Philippians 4, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, that's important, present your request to God, and the peace of God transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So a lot of good information, but now what? you got to walk out of here with tools. And so I want to give you some tools that will help you overcome sorrow, loss, and grief. Things to help you to have healthy choices in life. When you're dealing with confusion and pain, emotional, physical, spiritual issues around these things. And, and so first of all, how about what do we do with our mental health? Well, the first of all is focus on your blessings. I had a lady came and asked if I'd do the funeral for her 26-year-old daughter. This is a few years back. Uh, terrible situation. I'm not going to get into her daughter. But, but she died, and, and this mom was in a terrible place emotionally. She was just a mess. Cried all day, stayed in bed, lost her job, severely depressed, went on for months. Well, finally, her husband made her come and talk to me, and we're sitting there, and, and I knew the answer to this, but I said, hey, you got any pictures of your daughter? Oh, i got pictures everywhere, she said. And I said, I'd like you to do something for me. I want you to take, leave one picture up, take all the rest of them down, put them in a box, but I want you to put the box right next to your bed. And in the morning when you wake up ready to go, whoa, whoa, is me, I lost my daughter, instead reach down, 
pull out one picture. We don't take pictures of bad days, right? And I want you to look at that picture, smile, thank God for that moment that he gave you with his daughter. She did that. She still had grief, obviously, but she became healthy again, got her job back again. Helps for our mental health to focus on the blessings, not the loss. Tools for emotional health. Well, we got to interact with family and church, and I know this is hard to do when we're in these situations. We want to isolate ourselves. God put people in your path. Be around them. Spend time with them. And remember, they're probably hurting just as much as you are. And remember this right here. Look around. This is your church family. We are here to support you, encourage you, to hold you up. You can lean on us. When I was a kid, we used to get playing cards and make little houses leaning on each other, right? That's what it is here. Or call me up. Call Pastor Mark, Pastor John. Call us up. We will walk alongside of you when you're struggling. Tools for your physical health, which is going to get all messed up in the midst of sorrow, loss, and grief. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself physically and spiritually. Uh, research shows this is the very, very best way to deal with the junk in your life. Join the rec center. Go walk at a park. Talk to a neighbor. Eat a healthy meal. And I summarize that with a cool word, thrive. Thrive means to prosper, to flourish, to develop. And then tools for your spiritual health. Very obvious, pray to God. Worship God, meditate on his word, serve him. If God is your source of hope and comfort, then you need to spend more time with God, right? That's the way it works. He will empower you as you stay connected to him. He's the IV that should be flowing through you to take care of what ails you. And step out of your pain by stepping into someone else's. Walk alongside them as well. And then begin what I call a new chapter in the same book of your life. We all have a, a book of life, many chapters, many characters, many plots, many joys and sorrows, many ups and downs, gains and losses. Well, if you're in this chapter of sorrow, make it a great chapter. Decide you're going to focus on God. And then look at ways that you can now help somebody else. And this is really what our challenge is. We should be comforting other people. Anything you're going through, there's someone else in this room that is going to go through in the near future, or maybe right now. And are you going to reach out and help them? Pastor Mark read this section earlier, and it's just so cool. It's our marching orders. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, also our comfort abounds through Christ. Isn't that a cool marching orders for us? Deal with things as God deals with you so that you can deal with somebody else. The NIV Study Bible puts that section. It says, consolation and encouragement flow to the believers and equips them to comfort others in the same troubles. Alexander Noel puts it this way, God doesn't comfort us that we'll be comfortable, but that we can be comforters. That's what it's all about. He'll see you through your sorrow, loss, and grief so that you can reach out and help somebody else. So some action steps as we go out of here in the week. Are you ready to say, I will assess what my sorrow, loss, and grief is over? I mean, get honest with yourself and process through what it is that's troubling you. 
And then are you ready to use these new tools that I just gave you for mental and emotional and physical and spiritual tools to help you work through sorrow, loss, and grief? And then are you ready to say, I'm going to find out who I can comfort. How can I help others that are in the same situation? Lord, thank you for our emotions. Good ones and bad ones, they make life interesting. But Lord, help us to overcome our sorrow, our loss, our grief, and to do it in healthy, Christ-centered ways. Strengthen us so that we can focus on our blessings. And then thank you for loving us unconditionally. Point out to us who you want us to reach out and comfort with that same comfort. Pray it in your name, Lord. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to learn a little bit more about Royal Redeemer. We want you to be a part of our Royal Redeemer family here. May God richly bless you and guide you, and I truly look forward to seeing you soon.